take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Be sure to check us out online on our Facebook page and Instagram at Couple Synergy or our new website, couplesynergy.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for nearly 20 years. Everyone says you need to work on a relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, Jean and I will be talking about the topic of grief and loss, which is a, a very huge, huge topic. Yeah. Uh, very somber one, but it's very important because it affects all our relationships. Yeah, we're all headed there, right? We're, we're all going to experience it at one time or another in mm-hmm. our lives. Yep. And, you know, I'm going to be kind of, you know, looking to you, Gene, to kind of offer some of your expertise in working with clients because you do a lot of work with people in this area. I do. I think one of the most important things to think about when it comes to grief is a little bit of anatomy. That's what I'll call it anyways. Our physical body heals in physical time, right? So if you break your leg, most people are going to heal in the same amount of time, right? You have a cast for six weeks, go to physical therapy, go through time and your body heals. But your emotional body is instant time. Like you can't save up a bunch of happiness and then go through something hard and be like, I'm, st- I'm still happy because I saved up my happiness. <laughs> like in a, a happy bank account. Right. Yeah. No. It's, you know, so your emotions are exactly what you're feeling in the moment. And that's that, right? And your spiritual body is all of time. And so your spiritual body doesn't heal at all through time. And so it doesn't matter if you experienced a loss 20 years ago, five days ago, it can feel exactly the same. And and so because it's all of time, it's a little different for us to comprehend and to really know how to do work on our grief, right? And then our mind, our mental body is the bridge. It's the bridge between the spiritual world and our emotional world and our physical body. And so a big part of grief is learning how to connect to spirit. And we do that by developing our mind, right, through meditation practices and keeping ourselves calm so that we can learn to heal. Well, I think that that brings up a lot of fear for people, you know, connecting with spirit. And so now you're talking about what people's individual beliefs are about what happens after we die. And for those that might believe that we are done, then I imagine they would experience grief 
in a very different way than someone who believes that the spirit moves on. For sure. And it might be more painful. Yeah, I think that if you have that belief that when we die, we're dead, I think that you really need to live your life like that. Right. Like live in the moment. Yep. Right. And enjoy the time that you're here because when it's over, it's done and it doesn't matter what happens here. And most people that believe that they don't come to therapy <laughs> and they don't try to work on things, you know, it's interesting because the Thursday episode where we podcast Joe McQuillan, he, um, he was that kind of guy, right? Well, I think he always had a belief, but he was a Catholic, mm-hmm. Irish, Irish Catholic. Yep. Yeah. Didn't give it much thought was really, you know, just living his life and his priorities were making money and having a good time. Right. Mm-hmm. And then his son died and it, it really transformed him to try and figure out is there, what is there after this and where is my son and is he okay? And you can see the amount of comfort it brings him to meditate and meditate on his son and those kind of things. You know, I'm, I'm reading his book right now called My Search for Christopher on the Other Side. And you can feel his pain. It's four years later. And even though he's done a lot of work on it and developing himself and connecting with spirit, um, I don't, I don't know. It's, I think, I think it's painful. And well, we're supposed to have grief. Yeah. Right. Just like with all of the emotions, grief occupies a pretty important function in our lives. It helps us bond. Right. If we didn't have that, that pain of losing someone mm-hmm. that are, that is close to us in our life, then we wouldn't truly value that that connection that we have. Now, what do they say? That the number one stressful event that we will ever experience in our lives is the death of a spouse. Yeah, and I can't even imagine the death of a child. No, no, I couldn't. And you know that's what they say that that you can only grieve that which you've loved. And that's what grief means is that you've loved, right? That you had that bond, you had that connection. And that part of it's pretty beautiful. And I know that some people, they have a hard time releasing their grief because they feel it's the equivalent of releasing their loved one. Like they're going to forget about them. Right. Right. And, you know, a lot of work that I do with people is helping them shift that into something else. You know, you can have great ways of having memories that don't need to be that you have pain, right? That you can you can remember them with joy and love. Well, that was one of the reasons why your cousin came on the podcast and, and talked about Patrick, right? Right. Your cousin passing mm-hmm. and um, she said that she didn't want to forget. Right. And that's a great way to do it. And, you know, it really helps to talk. And I know that people... Um, that are trying to support someone in grief. They don't know what to do. They don't know what to say. There's the standard saying that we all do, right? You know, my condolences or I'm sorry for your loss. And it just never seems adequate. And it's not. And yet if you don't say it, it's an insult. So you have to say something. Right. And then once you get beyond that, you know, I think there's a big part that just is about listening and you know, don't be afraid to ask people like, tell me about your person that you lost. What were they like? 
the nature of energy is motion. It has to be moving. That's just what it does. And what grief is, is when it's so overwhelming, that energy of pain that we want to slow it down and stop it and we get stuck. And so if you are able to, you know, listen to a person in grief and allow them to start to talk and share about their person, then they begin to flow again where the energy stops being so stuck and so painful and starts moving again. Well, I think people are really afraid to do that though. You know, they're afraid to cause pain Mm -hmm. in another person. Like not bring it up. Right. Right. Not bring it up. And and that seems even more awkward, Mm -hmm. you know, and insulting as well. You know, another big part of grief is when relationships end, right? Whether through a breakup or a divorce, the, the beginning of that is extremely painful. And those people usually say to me, like, my friends are tired of me talking about it. And I can tell they're distancing themselves from me and they don't want me to talk about it anymore. And I think for a breakup, that might be a little bit different than a, a loss, Someone who's passed. Right. And so, you know, for breakups, I think it's better to, you know, find other things to focus on and and that helps you kind of process and move on and have more compartmentalized times to discuss, you know, either with a really good friend or a therapist to move through the breakup and, and look at those type of lessons and start to create a new life without that other person. But when you're dealing with a loss, talking about it helps a lot. And and I think also to, to know that it is a normal process that you're going to go through, whether it be the, the actual passing of a loved one or the ending of a relationship, there is going to be this, this grief period that you're going to go through, even if it is an ending of a relationship that you want. Right you are still going to go through a grief process. Yeah, because you're not just grieving the loss of a person or a relationship. You're also grieving any future plans, goals, thoughts, dreams that you had with that person. One of my clients, she was in a lot of pain, and she said she heard that you couldn't take um, like Advil or something if you have that emotional pain. And she said she took some and she felt, you know, it helped her in that moment. And I think that's interesting because we feel grief in our bodies. We feel it. it it's physically painful. So what would be the difference between someone talking about their grief and someone wallowing in it? Like something yeah. that they're processing mm-hmm. through versus something that's holding them back. You know, if they're sharing and talking and and there's a forward momentum to it that's kind of the thing but if if they're angry and they're stuck and they're angry and they're angry and they're angry and they're asking questions that are not answerable like regrets like i should have or why did this happen to me um so like poor me type of questions yeah you know I remember when we, you know, we did Vipassana and there's a teaching about it, right? And someone comes to Buddha and says, you know, I'm, I lost my child and I'm in so much pain. Can you help me? And he says, okay, I'll help you. 
But first, I want you to go to a house in a village and bring me back one grain of sand or one grain of rice from a family that has never experienced loss. And they weren't able to do that. Right. Right. And so those kind of questions, those why questions, there's no answer to those. And, you know, I think that that's the part where, and you can feel that when you're talking to someone and they're almost like, it feels heavy, like they're dumping on you. That is very different than somebody processing. I don't know if there's a better way to describe it, but you, you intuitively can feel that you need to distance yourself from someone who is, you know, you're going to say something wrong to that person somehow. You can feel it. You can feel it's not a, like a safe a safe place because they're not working through it. So you just feel that, the negativity, mm-hmm. you know, that they feel inside. And it just seems to kind of come out and kind of jump on all over you. And that I would say that that is um, probably not their grief as much as it is an activation of something that was already in there, that their grief gives them a platform for their anger, you know? And, and so I would really encourage if you're in, in that kind of position to really seek help because you don't have to suffer. You don't have to stay stuck like that. No, it just seems so painful. Mm-hmm. It's, it is, it's very painful and there is healing. You know, the interesting thing is, you know, when you look at the physical body, the emotional body, the mental body, and the spiritual body, there are things you can do in each of those different cases in order to help yourself. And so it really does help to move your body, to exercise, to do yoga, to, you know, get grounded because grief ungrounds us, right? And to really get back in your body. So like incorporating that physical component. Mm-hmm. Right. Not just sitting and, and, you know, being overwhelmed with your thoughts and and emotions, but, you know, also kind of like, kind of like meditation in motion. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, you know, I, I particularly like if you get out in nature and you listen to the sounds of nature, the wind in the trees, the birds singing, if you're by a lake or something and you can hear the waves, that's also very healing, very soothing for us. There's a reason there's green all over this planet, and it's a really healing color for us. And it allows you to see that things have a process. When you go out in nature, you will see trees that have died and little trees that are being born and big trees that have been there a long time, and you see the full life cycle. And I think there's something very healing about that. And the other cool thing is if you're out in nature, nature has an opportunity to interact with you. And a lot of people that are dealing with grief, they feel signs. They, they go, I'm getting signs. And so if you're out in nature, you have an opportunity for something to come into your view, you know, a certain animal or something that's meaningful and, and get those kind of signs. So I think, you know, walking, especially outside is a really great activity to do if you're, if you're feeling down. You know, we, we had um, someone message us on Instagram and, you know, they were, they were saying they love the podcast. Um, but one of the questions they had is, you know, why do we talk about divorce? Mm-hmm. Right. And we've also talked about loss as well. Right. We've had podcasts about suicide. And, you know, one of the things we, we said to her is that 
you know, we talk about all aspects of relationships and we can't just talk about the good things that are going on in relationships because it's all encompassing, mm-hmm. right? And all relationships will end at some point, right? And that's the reality of it. The fact is that we are bonded together with a partner to learn something from them during the time that we're supposed to be together. And whether a a relationship lasts a lifetime, there will be a time when we say goodbye to our partner. And that will be a time when we feel that, that grief and that pain. And there's something to be learned in that moment as well. And we had a podcast with uh, Jim and Jan, mm-hmm. right? And Jim and Jan were a wonderful couple. And on the podcast, she told us and revealed that she had stage four cancer. And she passed just recently, this past fall. And, you know, we have, we've been able to interact with, with Jim. You know, we saw him at the funeral home and everything. And, you know, it is a very sad event and you could feel the pain that he was going through, you know, and the grief that he was, he was feeling. And, you know, from our perspective and seeing them together as a couple and seeing their energy together. And now that that energy has changed, it's shifted, you know, it's gone. And, you know, that is something to be, I think, really honored. Right. And even the grief process that he's going through. Mm -hmm is something to be honored as well. Yeah, I think there's a lot of a lot of lessons in that. You know, this corona virus thing going around, you can feel the fear in people and the and the tension and you know, I I kind of was a little overwhelmed with all the talk about it and and some other stressors and so I I didn't feel good. I was not happy. And I went for a drive and I found myself going to the Baha'i Temple in Evanston and going inside and meditating. And I think when we're in pain, there is an opportunity to find God. There's an opportunity to find a connection to source or something bigger than ourselves or whatever people sort of buy into. I don't know if you've ever been to the Baha'i Temple. It's all people are welcome. It's There's no specific religious doctrine there it's every it's all inclusive and so everyone's welcome to go there and do whatever they want to do um which i think is really cool but i think that is you know i know for me when i'm in pain i'm gonna i'm gonna probably do something physical like go for a walk on the beach or buy some water somewhere hike i'm going to probably paint a painting there's something about moving colors around that that soothe our emotions. Even all those adult coloring books they have, you'd be surprised how therapeutic that is. I know I've been having people color for way longer than it's been in vogue, right? Mm-hmm. But there's something very soothing about coloring. And meditating and developing your mind, meditating and praying is a, another really... Uh, important thing because when you do that other ideas can come into your mind other ideas about why you're experiencing this and 
things that you can do to help yourself. And there's no place for those kind of things to take hold if you keep doing the same thing over and over again and you don't stop and reflect. You don't stop and observe yourself and try to figure out why am I going through this? What can I learn? And how can I help myself? Well, I know we're, we're always preaching that, you know, the, to not distract yourself, right? To tune inward, to listen to the inner, your inner voice connect with your gut, right? And on a daily basis, this is something that people don't do. Mm-mm. On a daily basis, this is something that is very difficult for right. people to do. And if you're not doing it on a daily basis, on like a smaller scale, you'd only imagine how much more difficult it would be when you're dealing with it on a larger scale, like when you're dealing with grief, Right. The loss of a loved one, you know, and if you have not been practicing being able to connect with yourself and your thoughts and feelings, then the first thing you're going to do is run away from them. Yeah. And, you know, there's a I don't I don't know which Native American tribe this is, and it may be their entire tribes, but they have this concept called the turquoise lady. And the turquoise lady is a person who has gone through um, some serious loss, maybe her child, husband, some loss. And what they do is they assign her this job as the turquoise lady for two years. And for two years, her job is, if there are any visitors to the tribe, it's her job to make sure they're sat in the right position of respect and sort of meet their needs while they're, they're with the tribe. And this gives her something to do while they have company. And it also gives her lots of time then to grieve. Two years. Wow. And we take, what, a week, maybe two weeks, a month, and we get back at it, right? And there's no space for it. There's no space for grieving, and there's no space for healing. One of the things that I thought about today was um, the Ten Commandments, interestingly. Wow. And... You know, because I went to the Baha'i Temple and I was remembering that, you know, one of the commandments is to obey the Sabbath, right? To spend an hour of your week in worship. And I started to think, what is worship? And it really dawned on me that how good that is for us. You know, it isn't like I command you to do this. It's like, hey, this would be a really good idea. It'd be a really good idea for you to take an hour of your week just to be be part of your spirit in whatever form that is, whether you are going to reflect on your life or um, pray to whatever you connect to, to pray with, whatever. But we've fallen away from that so much, that time to reflect. And there's a lot of healing in that reflecting. There's a lot of healing in trying to figure out if we are something bigger than just this world, you know, and talking about this coronavirus, um, you know, it, it, it actually is an opportunity for all of us to be able to see how connected we really are. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, right? <laughs> and, um, you know, in this now national emergency where all of us have to practice this social distancing now, 
I think that that is really what is jarring everyone because we've never really had to do anything like this before. Right. This is, is unprecedented in, you know, the United States as as far as what we remember, right? And so it, it gives us this opportunity to truly look at who we are, where we begin, where we end, how we connect with the people in our lives and how important they are to us in our lives. Well, you think about, you know, when someone passes, we typically have something that ritual we do, right? A funeral, a memorial service, some end of life gathering, some celebration, some uh, coming together to, you know, help heal, right? The celebration of life. Yeah. yeah. And, there, and there's a reason we do that. And people can't do that now. No. People can't go no. to weddings they and they gather. can't go to funerals and they can't, you know, our son fortunately is on the five-year plan in college because if he was on the four-year plan, there is probably not going to be a graduation this year. Yeah. Yeah. Across the entire world. And it's a little heartbreaking. And, you know, I'm, you know, I think our kids live really far away. Yeah. In two different places. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, for us personally, it, it's kind of scary, you know, yeah. because we can't come together and, and be there for each other. You know, we've been, you know, talking to them in communication pretty closely, but, you know, still it's, you know, the reality is very, very scary. Yeah. And we can't really be there for them. You know, one of the things that we've chosen to do is um, offer virtual sessions. And we're going to have a big presence on our Facebook page and probably start doing our weekly meditation groups. So, you know, stay tuned on our Facebook page, our couple synergy Facebook page, because if we get pretty isolated, we are going to be reaching out that way. We are going to do Facebook lives and we're going to meditate and do some teachings that way and stay connected, especially if you have concerns like this, you know, already we've had clients coming in very worried, worried about their parents and the impact that this could have. And, you know, I had her close her eyes and we meditated for about 15 minutes and she hadn't slept in three days. And she's like, that's the most peaceful I've felt in a while. And it's a really soothing, healing thing to do. And it's a very difficult thing to do all by yourself, especially if you have no practice. I mean, we have a lot of practice and it's still hard to do by ourselves. Oh, yeah, you know? absolutely. Especially when it's really needed. Yeah. You know, we we're very fortunate to be able to connect with clients all around the country virtually mm -hmm. and be able to provide services in that way. We've been doing it for, you know, a couple of years now at the lighthouse and this, it, it couldn't come at a, at a better time right now. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're completely set up to be isolated, which is sad in and of itself <laughs> and also a blessing because here we are and we're able to um, continue to reach people, which is great. But maybe that'll even change. Maybe we have to go through this isolation to change really how we're socializing. And maybe people will get back to going outside and hanging out more and, and staying more connected physically. I think I asked you this morning, like, if there's if there's not any physical touch with people, what happens to our oxytocin? 
Yeah, what happens to bonding? Yeah. How does that work? I think it's, uh, that's a very sad question, mm-hmm. you know, to try to answer. I mean, my parents yesterday, you remember they, um, they tried and learned how to do a video call through instant messenger mm-hmm. because, you know, Persian New Year is coming up yep. and we cannot be in the same room with them. I've had a little bit of a cold, so I don't want to go over there. Right. Yeah. And and that's a very sad thing, mm-hmm. you know, that we can't connect with family and, you know, it's, it's the responsible thing to do, obviously, to stay away from, you know, people who are elderly and, you know, and to practice safe hand washing and, you know, for us to be doing more virtual sessions than seeing people face to face. I mean, that's just, you know, for some people out there, they might think it's blowing things out of proportion, right? But, but we should really blow things out of proportion at this point to prevent something worse from happening. Right. I read um, this other person that we podcast, he had like his list of like personal goals, right? And one of the things that was on there said a good plan executed today is better than a great plan next month. You know, so even if this is irrelevant for us all to, you know, isolate and not spread stuff around for a little bit, it's still better than, you know, if we don't. And, you know, I, I think that going through this, it, it also brings about a feeling of grief for people, you know, possibly this, this potential fear of having to go through grief. You know, you start thinking about like your client, thinking about her parents, you know, you don't want your loved ones to, to pass away. And it's the reality, it's going to happen. But when we face a crisis like this, I think it really puts it in your face. Absolutely. You know, you start to think like, how long can I sustain my life if, you know, the stores aren't open? Yeah, yeah. Right? And, you know, I, I don't think we've ever had to actually think like that ever in our lives that thought to even cross your mind. And I think you start to really, 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 really feel how fragile our life is and what a gift it is. And it is such an amazing thing to be alive on this planet. I was thinking about that the other day, like everywhere we've traveled, it's like heaven. It's beautiful. Whether it's Iceland or Aruba, you never get anywhere and be like, ugh. This place is horrible. Let's get out of here. No, we have a great time wherever we go. And even that now is being threatened. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Not being able to travel. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if if you're out there and you're struggling with grief and loss and, you know, even fear about what we're dealing with now. Connect with us on our Facebook page. You know, find us couple synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean on Facebook. Let us reach out and help you. You'll have full access to us during this time. Absolutely. Just send a message Mm -hmm. and we will respond right away. You can either do that through Facebook or you can send us a DM through Instagram as well. You know, or even you want to send an email, you can send it to contact at couplesynergy.com. One of the things that because the spiritual doesn't heal through time and that's what grief is, is it's a very spiritually painful experience you can't go it alone and if you're stuck in it and you're trying to muscle through it 
it's not going to happen. You really, really have to get out and talk to people. You have to get moving. And you know, another thing is that, you know, with the physical body, right? Being in pain, go get a massage. Probably right now we can't, right? Because of the virus. Right. But touch is such an important thing, you know, to get that, that grief and those emotions flowing. So that's another thing I'd recommend. So we want to thank you so much for joining us today and for listening to Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. And we hope that by listening to this episode, it was not only beneficial for your life, but also your relationships. For all of you listening, please subscribe to our podcast and please leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs such as Relationship 101, the Couples Weekend Intensive, which will be coming up this October, and our premier program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Thank you.